you've reached your destination. Welcome to Harmonic Headspace. Music for your psyche. Let's do this! Hello, welcome to Harmonic Headspace. This is Prosty, and that is Astro. Hey. And we are here broadcasting live from the WRB studios, presented by the Westover Inn in 1846 tavern uh we are happy to be here uh this is our apologies and leftovers show it is and it's uh funny because you know we were talking last week like what are we gonna do because uh, we had took last week off because yeah. it was thanks uh, sorry halloween so we're like all right we got two weeks we're gonna put together a really cool show and then proceeds <laughs> like texted me like yesterday like hey you got an idea? I'm like, no. It's like, all right, we're, we're going to do leftovers and apologies. We've talked about doing this before. Yeah. But I was like, leftover show sort of makes more sense for after Thanksgiving. But we yeah. do things a little differently at Harmonic Headspace. That's right. And uh, leftovers and apologies because every week we do, we set up our shows and then we talk too much. And then we, <laughs> and then we have songs that we wanted to play and we were looking forward to playing all week and we don't get to play them. Uh, so we talk about them at the end, and we're like, "Oh yeah, we'll, fit it. we'll find a way to fit yeah. the this, this song in because these songs mean something to us." So. Well, and the first apology will be to ourselves for, and and I'll take the blame for not doing a better job of tracking what we actually have played. Yeah. So we're going through and like, "Oh, this will be easy. We'll just pick a bunch of songs that were dropped off our list." So we're not doing a great job of keeping our lists. Right. Exactly. So it's like, "Oh crap! Did we play this? Did we not play it?" Mm-hmm. So uh, it's you know we're we're sort of doing this as we go today. I think mm-hmm. we have you know maybe half two thirds of a show already lined up and we're going to fill the rest in as we go. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, hard because we try to not play the same song twice over the course. So it's about almost a year, close to a year now. And it, and we try not to play any song twice ever for just because we want to be unique or whatever. You know? Right. Right. We will play the same artist multiple times and we and there are some artists that we play a lot more than others except for next week but next week <laughs> it's going to be no is it next week no not next week no it won't be next week it, oh it'll be in a few weeks it'll be like three weeks because yeah. uh pro St- i don't think we're not having a show next week because i can't i can't run a show myself i don't have the uh, technical skill set of pro St- <laughs> and uh he's going to be on vacation and the following week we will have a show but uh we'll have tentatively keith from linfield sitting in for me mm-hmm. because i'm going to be at a concert and uh Prosty can handle it on his own but we might as well try to get him a uh, a cohort and keith from linfield is always willing and able yeah and he's awesome too he's, he's and i talked to him very about knowledgeable it. i so. talked to him about it yesterday at a different concert whether or not he remembers it you know it's a different <laughs> story it was a fun concert yeah well i will see him on vacation this weekend perfect so we'll talk to him about it and maybe get some other weirdos in and uh, just be weird. Nice. <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we'll take you through uh, each song and why we why it's either a leftover or an apology or both. Um, so and I guess we can. Do you want to start with talking about them first, or you want to play them first? Ah, uh, let's play them first. Why not? All right, let's do it.
Right, that was the first three song set for our apology slash leftover show and this one is really cool uh it's intertwined well proceeded an excellent job picking these three songs and uh how they're so interrelated yeah this is cool so let me let me explain let me explain lucy uh fear factory cars so cars is a um it's a gary newman yeah right gary newman song but it's a cover yes right? it's clearly a cover and, and, we, and can i point out I don't know Fear Factory that well. I've heard of them. I don't know them that well, but the singer was singing like Gary Newman. No, that was Gary Newman singing. That was actually Gary Newman singing. Yes. Well, no wonder he sounded like (laughs) Gary Newman. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Nice. Uh, All right. So the name of the song was Cars by Fear Factory with Gary Newman singing. That is actually one of the best remakes Ever. It sounds just like Gary Newman's yes, original, and you have Gary Newman singing. Yes. Which, and, and Gary Newman's an underrated guy. That yeah. dude is still making new music yep. today, and he's yep. still touring. Like, he's he's talented. Totally. And uh, But that was guitar, not keyboard. So we, he they played guitar. You know what I mean? And that's cool. I, I love how they redid it with guitar. Very cool. So that was uh, Cars. The last song we played was The Cars. The Cars. Ben, <laughs> Benjamin Orr. From, yes, Benjamin Orr, the bass player uh, from Boston. And uh, they played the song Drive. Uh, so, and that was one of their later hits. Everybody knows that song. Yes. Yeah, at least everybody our age. I mean, that was a big hit for yeah. them. Maybe their last big hit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, The Cars. And then, um, before that, we played Wish You Were Here. By Incubus. So, Incubus also has a, a song called Drive, which is which would have been the um, the two songs by different players. So does R.E.M. Yep. That's mm-hmm. better than but, all of those. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, the Cars might be better. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, Wish You Were Here is a huge song for me, my life, and my boy, Josh. Uh, and if you listen to the lyrics, it's perfect. Because um, it's like it's just like him. You know, he's like, uh, I'm, I'm on the beach. I'm digging my toes into the sand. I'm flicking my lighter up in the air, talking to UFOs, and I wish you were here. And that, like, the whole song is like that. And that's the kind of dude he was. And, you know, we lost him 11 and a half months ago, and I wish he was here. So this was a perfect thing for him. So, but this, they all, like, intertwine, right? Uh, Incubus, Wish You Were Here, they also have a song called Drive. So we could have played Drive, but I played, I played Wish You Were Here instead. And then you got Drive by the Cars, and then you have Fear Factory playing Cars. So there's, like... 142 different possible connections within those three songs. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> Do the math. Uh, so, yeah, that was that's a good one. That's a fun one. Uh, what else? You want to jump back yeah, in? Yeah, let's play some more music. Let's I mean, we're letting it uh, speak for itself, except for when we throw in little flourishes except, at the end. Except for when I speak for it. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, welcome back. This is Harmonic Headspace. This is your Sunday evening, the icing on the cake. That is your weekend. Yes. Um, so those are three tracks. The last one was uh, It Must Have Been the Music by Big Ben Hillman. Uh, this is probably the biggest apology and leftover and just bullshit, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. This is not a leftover. This not is at just all. 100% apology. This is 100% apology because we had Big Ben in for an entire show pretty early in our tenure here. Yeah. He was the first. This is what, no, in his tenure, it was like one of the first weeks that he, because we met him when he came in. It was still relatively early in yeah. our tenure as well. Yeah. And uh, he came in and we had, he came in and sat in with us and we did our, and we haven't even s- circled back and done another genre night yet but right. that's we got to do that soon yeah but we did sort of a funk soul genre night and we had big ben in because he's the he's the expert mm-hmm. and we didn't find out until the next week that big ben is not only a dj here um when's big ben's show here uh big ben is big ben soul review yes. uh rock uh, it's not on the board. What the freak? Well, regardless, <laughs> point is, uh, Big Ben has his own music. He writes his music, and like, it's awesome. And we just played a song, and that's our apology to Big Ben. Yeah. Well, we found out that he had his own music like the morning that he came in. I didn't find that out until after. Yeah. And but we didn't have the the we didn't uh, no actually you're right it was it, it was, was after because I would have been like dude yes. like we would have played your music exactly. like we would have played multiple songs yeah. of his it was afterwards because I remember like I remember uh, having my headphones on and like texting you going dude you gotta fucking listen to yeah. Big Ben <laughs> and we were like oh my god this guy rocks yeah and he was here for two hours and we we didn't play one of his songs we didn't even talk about it yeah so we didn't even know we didn't know. So now we know. Apologies. Uh, it must have been the music. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we listen. I mean, I listen to. He's on my playlist now. Like, I just love that sound, man. He's got a great voice. He's got a great sound. Uh, yeah, we're we're lucky to have Big Ben in here as a DJ and a musician. Big Ben Hillman. Uh, before that, we had Oysterhead. Uh, it used to be the owner of the world. Now this one. Foggy memory. I think we might have played it, but I, I'm not sure. You're saying that we didn't play it. I think it, we pu- we kept pushing it back to the yeah. end, and then well, we this one it. covers two. So this covers the trio, uh, the power trio, mm-hmm. uh, three piece band night that we had Oysterhead, which is I think where we played it, but maybe not. Um, and then also the supergroup. Although you mm-hmm. tend to disagree that they're actually a supergroup in person, uh, you think that yeah. they're only a super group on paper. Yes, but you bring up a good point. Most most super groups are only good only, on paper. Only good on paper, I, realistically. I can't really think of any super groups who, who were you know, successful. Blind they, Faith is the only yeah. one I can think of. The, and they, the Eagles, but they, they became... They weren't they a super were like group a initially. Posthumous super group. Yeah. After they broke up, now Joe Walsh gets famous and Don Henley gets famous and Glenn Fry and you know. Well, I mean, with Joe Walsh, I think he he was famous on his own prior to joining them. So yeah. they sort of went from being a regular group to a semi super group when they brought in somebody like Joe Walsh. Yeah. And then you know, whatever. But, but Don Henley didn't release like Boys of Summer and, and all his good stuff until after they broke Fucking up. Fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> it's funny because I think we're going to play some soon. Yeah, we are. <laughs> and uh, so that was uh, used to be the owner of the world by Oysterhead. And uh, so oh, wait, who who is in Oysterhead just for the weirdo? Okay, so the drummer is the most famous rock and roll Hall of Fame drummer, and uh, one of the uh, people highlighted on our drummer show, yep. uh, Stuart Copeland of the mm-hmm. Police. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, the bass player is one of the greatest bass players in the history of the instrument, in my opinion, at least. Mm -hmm. uh, Les Claypool from Primus. Mm -hmm. And the guitarist is uh, Trey Anastasio, a pretty popular uh, six-string bender from a band named Fish. Mm -hmm. uh, another classic uh, shit. Those guys have been around since the 80s as well. All those bands have, except for the police. They were around since the 70s. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, super group, uh, three-piece band. They're actually, they're pretty damn good in concert, and their album is uh, better than mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> they're one album? They're one album yeah. so far. Okay. They're pretty busy, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. And then we kick that off with uh, the the one that probably hurt me the most, losing losing this to our list, because I love this song. And, you know, everybody knows every Led Zeppelin song, so it's tough to pull one out that is, like, sort of an under-the-radar but this is my under the radar, and people, anybody listening is probably like, let me talk under the radar. Everybody knows Out on the Tiles. But I think Out on the Tiles is an awesome, underrated Zeppelin tune, and it fits into our recent album before the album uh, session that we did. Uh, obviously, you know, Led Zeppelin arrived fully formed with their Led Zeppelin 1. But if you look back and say, what is Led Zeppelin's album? What's the album? I think everybody would say Led Zeppelin 4. Yeah, because of Stairway. It, well, it, for a variety of reasons, but Stairway is a big one. Um, and this uh, out on the tiles was probably the rockingest tune, at least from my perspective, from Led Zeppelin Three, which notoriously is uh, really they took it down and, and really went acoustic on a lot of the album. Mm -hmm. So out on the tiles is really a, a straight ahead electric rocker, and I think it's awesome. So uh, it's on three. It is on three. Do you have the album? Led Zeppelin three, yeah, on vinyl, yeah, yes, and it spins. I had the, 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 the spin wheel; it's in nice. there. Yeah, I grew up with that spin. spin I I thing. did not. I, mm -hmm. I I heard stories of it, and then I finally got my own. Yeah, I grew up with that and two, because uh, that's what my parents had. So we would listen to that, and um, they also had Cheech and Chong. Uh, and it had like a big rolling paper. Oh, the big bamboo. <laughs> yeah, the giant rolling paper. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that. And so, like, I had you know access to my parents' collection, and I would I'd be like three, you know, spinning the Led Zeppelin thing, and then I'd get in the Cheech and Chong thing. Mama, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> Pay you no mind, little boy. Yeah, exactly. I uh, know it's funny that you were talking about Led Zeppelin three with the spinning wheel, and Led Zeppelin two. The funny story about Led Zeppelin two, uh, the vinyl record that was initially pressed in the U.S. Uh, it ended up being too hot. It's called like the hot mix. Like they burnt. So when you played oh, yeah. it, it was, it was blowing out people's speakers and screwing up their equipment. Nice. So they ended up having to like pull it and they, uh, you know, toned down the mix and repressed it. And that's the one that most people have. So if you can find one of the original 69 vinyl records and it actually has a stamp in the dead wax, it says RL for Robert Ludwig. It's the Ludwig hot mix. It's worth a ton of money and it sounds awesome awesome i have a copy of it and i mean it kicks ass i would love to go to a party and play that and like make the speakers blow up i don't think there would be more <laughs> i think i think it was back in the day when know, people had underpowered equipment right you know like yeah yeah, yeah. pass out mushrooms at the beginning of the sh of the the uh party right and about four hours in play and say here we go and just like click the button boom yeah. well, freak everybody i out. don't know that i want to risk a 150 200 record at a party with everybody on mushrooms uh true yeah. <laughs> yeah all right that's good stuff uh all right so uh let's jump into some uh, apologies apologies sorry beautiful lady
But if I can leave a little bit of explanation in anywhere in the world I choose to go, I'll have it Yeah, there's Blind Melon for you. Galaxy, this is Harmonic Headspace. We are the icing to the cake. That is your weekend. I'm Prosty. That's Astro. Astro. And uh, we are doing our apologies and leftover show before Thanksgiving. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> before Thanksgiving. And uh, let us know if we're missing shit, if we're actually repeating stuff. Like, we, uh, we're pretty sure that we're not repeating things, but we may be playing stuff that we played before and just forgot about because we're old men. Uh, let us know. Uh, call us, uh, the Abrews listener line, at 617-829-9283 or text us at 617-764-9283. Uh, let us know. Reach out. Uh you know, are we missing something? Are we are we overdoing it? Of course not. Of course not. Uh, so you can also like our Facebook page at Wave Radio Boston Rocks. 
you can get a show announcements, polls, maybe some behind the scenes content that you can't get anywhere else. You can make song requests. Uh, you can't do that on an FM station. Uh, all this can be yours by liking Wave Radio Boston Rocks on Facebook. Join the real radio revolution and say F U to FM with Wave Radio Boston. Yeah. F U to FM. That's right. So Galaxy, yeah. So uh that Blind Melon song, that's a that's a pretty awesome tune. I, yes. I haven't heard that one in a while. That's uh that was from their Swan song, I believe. Yes, uh it was. they they only had, I believe, two proper albums they did. prior to Shannon Hoon uh passing away. Then I think they had a posthumous album or two that potentially mm. came out. Yeah, I was just gonna say that um this this one is for the show that we haven't done yet called uh Untimely Deaths. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, sort of. So, but we wouldn't have. We won't leave him off. I promise. Um, not enough music. Not enough uh, content from Blind Melon. You know. No, exactly. Everything um, they put out was very good, very unique. Um, his sound was just like unmistakable. Like when you hear Shannon Hoon sing, you know it's Shannon. Well, and the first time I heard him sing was back up on "Don't Cry," Guns N' Roses. Really? Yeah. Oh, I that's no before idea. before Blind Melon's first album came out. He was he wasn't just singing backup. He was in the video. Like he had, that was he was that's how he became known. Like he was the dude with Axel singing uh, their big "Don't Cry" hit. How how old was he? I don't know. I would imagine his early twenties. I mean, he yeah. was a young kid. Wow, that's crazy. That first album they put out is great from one to end. You know, like that's well, one. and the thing is funny is like they're, they're they're viewed by the mainstream as like a one hit wonder for uh, no rain. Like I was looking, uh, really? well, we had uh, you know a one hit wonder show, and you know we're struggling to come up with one hit wonders that we hadn't one hit wonders that we hadn't played already during the show. But they and didn't cross my mind as a one hit. They wonder. didn't, but I, I pulled up a quick you know Google search to sort of jog my memory of you know top one yeah. hit wonders, and like I looked at all of them, like we played the ones that didn't that weren't horrible, mm-hmm. and it was just a Rolling Stone list within oh the top God. ten. They had Blind Melon, No Rain. Oh, that sucks. I'm like, that's lame, dude. Like yeah. you're you're this is Rolling Stone. I mean, they're they're a music. Yeah. That's magazine. Not even, that's not even their best song on that album. No, and and Rolling Stone should know better. But yeah, whatever. Should. I mean, to yeah. to the point of a one hit wonder is a one hit wonder. I mean, they didn't really have any other hits. I mean, Tones of Home was like Tones of Home was that, that was like an alternative hit. That wasn't like a a, yeah. a Billboard hit like uh, No Rain was. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Tones of Home. I love Change. Uh, I mean, Holy Man, Paper Scratcher. That that whole album is great. And, and I remember listening to it one day. I think I was like walking to school, like taking classes after school um, and just thinking uh, and listened to just the whole album straight through. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, the bass on this album is so underrated. Like every single song has a bass line that is very unique and different. Uh, I don't even know who the bass player is for the band. Um, but yeah, if you get to, if if you get a chance, if you have that album, the first Blind Melon self-titled album, listen to it when you get a chance, and listen to the bass. It's it really when when you hear it, you're gonna be oh my god, you, you, it's it's awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Well, the other two that we played, it's actually interesting. I'm looking at these. I wrote them down. I'm like, I recall an evening a couple of years ago in New York, in yeah, Brooklyn, in I Brooklyn. I saw both Stevie Nicks and uh, Roxy Music get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame on the that's, same night. That's right. Performed mm-hmm. and uh, they played these songs. 
Um, yeah. I believe they played remake remodel. I, I think they did. They played a lot of songs. I was surprised that they played. I was I was psyched they played like five different songs. Mm. Um, but remake remodel uh, that qualifies here. That was uh, the first song off their first album. Nice uh, back in '72, um, and uh, Brian Eno was still in the band. That mm. was where he got his start. Like he yep. was nobody until he was in this band with Brian Ferry yeah. and Phil and you know all the other guys in the band. And uh, he was with them for two two albums, two years. Uh, and then he left the band, uh, Creative Differences with Brian Ferry, two very strong personalities. And obviously, Brian, you know, went on to be, uh, you know, one of the most famous and successful producers of all time. And, uh, and, and with a lot of integrity, too. Like mm -hmm. when Brian, you know, puts a stamp on things, it's generally good and also is, you know, interesting, a, a different approach, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I had no idea that he was only in that one band before he became the producer. I mean, he's known as a producer, but I thought he had more like... Well, he he did solo stuff. So yeah. he probably, like I said, he was on the two first Roxy Music albums. And then he probably had a couple of actual... I mean, when I say rock, I'm, I'm air quoting for people listening. Mm -hmm. um, experimental... Uh, well, for Eno, I shouldn't say experimental. We'll say alternative mm -hmm. rock mm -hmm. albums. Yeah. Um, that had song structures and he sang some stuff and he, you know, had a lot of guys from Roxy Music and like Robert Fripp coming in and playing. But then he actually does have actual experimental stuff like, uh, you know, m music for airports and like, <laughs> like he makes like this uh, film soundtrack for films that don't exist. It's just all ambient music, oh, like yeah. real out there experimental stuff. And that's the stuff that he does as an artist yeah. when he's not producing others. Interesting. That's pretty cool. All right, and then we started off with Stevie Nicks' Stop Drag My Heart Around with Tom Petty, obviously. So we were talking offline and just joking around that, hey, that's a super group. <laughs> right yeah, exactly. Right. Well, it's, you know, Stevie Nicks, it was from her debut. Yeah. It was really her first single. Yeah. You know, it covers our Mother's Mother's Day. We did a, 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 a women's yep. um, night. And I know that Stevie Nicks isn't a mom, but still, you know, she's, she's a mom to plenty of generations of, of young totally. ladies out there. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, sort of super group, like you said. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, that's a good break, a good rock break. Um, now we're going to go move on to some different and weird stuff.
All right, that one uh, goes out to my Rush crew, uh, Keith and Timmy. Uh, I was with you guys last night. We were seeing uh, an awesome Rush tribute band, actually, uh, up in Salisbury uh, called uh, Lotus Land. And uh, it was funny. We were talking during the show about, like, you know, what's your favorite Rush song? What's your second favorite? And, uh, you know, I mentioned Vital Signs is, is my second favorite. I don't even remember what the first favorite was, but we all agreed on it and, and moved <laughs> on. And uh, they didn't play Vital Signs last night, so this one's uh, for the guys. And, nice. uh, yeah, you know, this obviously fills in the gap for our Rush show. We didn't did not play Vital Signs, mm-hmm. and it is one of my favorite songs of theirs on the album. Not the album before the album, but on the album Moving the album. pictures, the album, yes. moving pictures, maybe the album beyond just the band Rush, but that's just me. I don't know. What do you mean? I think it's one of the all-time greatest albums oh. of anybody. It is. It yeah. is. <laughs> you yeah. know, 
I remember in uh, 1999, Rolling Stone did a um, th- this big band of the Manel- band of the millennium, and Rush was the band of the millennium, according to Rolling Stone. And they had this big from like, Rolling thing. Stone, man. From they Rolling hated Stone. Rush forever, yeah. and they finally turned it around, and yeah. that's when they ended up getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know, yeah. finally getting the accolades they deserved. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, we were just talking off the air about uh, Rush tribute bands, right? If you are in a Rush tribute band, you bet your ass you don't just like join a Rush tribute band and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna now I'm gonna learn to, some Rush." No, songs. exactly. And the, that was the funny thing. I was talking to the guys last night when we were watching the the tribute band, and it's three guys. And I'll tell you, man, Lotus Land, they are good. Like as a a, a lifelong diehard Rush fan, you know, going in there, not skeptical because the other guys in my Rush crew have seen the, this band before and they told me that they were really good. Um, but they, man, every song, every one of the three players is has a very challenging task at hand. Yes. And the bass player, like he even said it during the show. He's like, you know, who are you going to find that can sing like Getty Lee that can play bass like Getty Lee and play keyboards all at the same time. And like, you're watching this guy and you're like, holy shit. He said shit. that? And did he point to himself? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, it, he, it wasn't as smug as I made it sound. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was more of a like, holy shit, you know, this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, he wasn't wrong. Like, it, no. it was amazing. Like, they played one song from Rush's last album that came out in the tw- 2010s. And it was, as soon as it started, immediately in the back of my mind, I'm like, this is going to be a weird situation because this is a newer song that Rush did. And it seems weird that somebody's covering it. But I also was like, this guy has a voice of Getty Lee from 1978. And he's going to sing a song from 2012 in, in which Getty had a voice from 2012. Still good and, you know, knowing his limitations and the songs were written that way. But if you have a guy with a 70s voice singing a song from 2012, like he's able to do things that Getty could never do mm. on the stu- in the studio or live when that song was written. Right. So it was, a, it was a weird but cool thing to see. Yeah. So that, this is a good, good time to bring up the fact that you can hear our shows if you're not listening live. Uh, you can hear them on uh, Spotify. And on iHeartRadio and, uh, you know, lots of other places. But I, uh, when I get lots of emails and texts from our friends, all you know, during the week saying, mm-hmm. I heard your show or I just finished listening to your show, right. you know. Most so, of them listen to the recordings. Yeah, exactly. So um, you can listen to the Rush deep dive that Astro, uh, Timmy and Keith did. And it's an amazing show. Um, they deep dive on Rush. They talk about all the members of the band, the producers, the the whole like evolution of how they started and how they ended. And um, they they don't play like we didn't play Tom Sawyer. No, you know we didn't. You know we they did some deep dives, and one of them they played uh, it was a instrumental, I think. Yes, uh, malignant narcissism. Yes. What a freaking awesome song that I've never heard that before. That was from like their second to last album. Yeah. Like they, they, that was like uh Sabbath ish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, they, they have really great instrumentals. They, mm-hmm. they always have. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah. you know, but I just want to say that, uh, if you're not listening li- or if you are listening live and you want to hear oh. 
the rush show check it out on spotify just go look for wave radio boston harmonic headspace uh and you'll find it and uh, we have all kinds of deep dives we did uh rush uh, um radiohead rolling stones rolling pink stones, floyd pearl jam uh, and that's exactly what we do. We go in, we talk about the members of the bands, the producers, uh, the evolution of the band, and we play deep cuts. We're not going to play the ones that you've heard. Right. So, um, you know, take a look at our uh, catalog, and uh, we have some pretty cool shit back there. No, and honestly, it was fun. I did that today. I was watching football, and I pulled up Spotify on my phone, and I was just going through, and I'm like, okay, just wanted to like put a list down of, okay, what are all the shows that we did? Mm. And just trying to think through, okay, what's the stuff we're going to pull you know, on topic that we didn't get to during those shows. Like I said, at the top of the show, I wish I did a better job of keeping track of all the shows, what we played and whatnot. But, mm. you know, it was, it was cool to go through and like, you're scrolling and scrolling. Like we've, we have like damn near 30 shows out there. You know, mm-hmm. we've been doing this since March. So yeah. there's a, there's a decent collection of stuff out there. Yeah. It'd be so awesome to have like a database of all the songs that we played and all the songs that we moved out you know? i yeah i don't know we'll, we can do the songs that we played i have a little bit of spare time these days we'll see yeah. maybe i'll pull something together it'd be cool to have like a database of your life where you could just go back and be like what what beer like made my brain fall in love the most of all the beers i've ever had you know like and and just find the one because you know, you, there's a whole bunch of beers you like, and you're like, oh, I'm not sure which one I like better. But if you could have that data. I think there was a Black Mirror episode about that. What's that? What's Black Beer? Uh, Black Mirror. It oh, was Black Mirror? A, yeah, a TV show. Really? Yeah, sci-fi. It's. Uh, eh, we'll talk about it another Damn time. Damn it. Waste everybody there goes my big idea again. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, it didn't turn out so well, as you would imagine. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, so before Rush Vital Signs, we heard Creedence Clearwater Revival, Born on the Bayou, a B-side. A B-side. This was the illustrious, uh, rumored m- missing show that uh, we, yes. we did here f- for our own pleasure. I think most of these shows we're doing for ourselves anyway, and people may <laughs> or may not hear it. Um, but this one was actually just for us because we never actually broadcast or recorded it. Nope. So <laughs> it's the it's a mythical show. It did happen. Well, this is a song that we did play. So this is a repeat, but nobody heard it. Right. And uh, like Prosy said, this was amazingly, even though it's a title track of their second or third album, it is a B-side to the single Proud Mary. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Born on the Bayou is a B-side. Mm-hmm. What a genius John Fogarty is. <laughs> yes, he is. I'd say, I almost say was, but the dude's still out there, man. He's torn. I want to go see him. He's going to play Creedence songs. Yeah. So uh, what we're going to do is, since we did not record that B-side show, which was a very good show in my opinion. I agree. We stretched it. Like we went into some genres we normally don't. Like yeah. we, we stuck it out there and I'm, I'm annoyed that we, well, it's an opportunity. Yeah, exactly. So we'll, like you said, reshuffle the deck. Mm-hmm. We'll do another B-side show, and uh, we will start streams this time. We will. <laughs> and uh, we, we don't want to forget, we led that off with uh, the Vapors turning Japanese, uh, which was left off, I believe. But this may be one of the ones where we may have actually played it. No, we didn't we play did, it. We didn't play I haven't it. heard that song in a good 30 okay, years. Okay, so <laughs> we hadn't played it. So this this was uh, your obvious one-hit wonder song. Mm-hmm. So this was on the list, but it, it ended up getting cut. So this mm-hmm. this is actually the epitome of what our show tonight is. Is This song <laughs> was on our list. It made the well, it didn't make the cut. I guess that's the point. It got it, pushed out. It got pushed out. Exactly. So, and we're trying not to uh, push anything out. We, we went uh, extra light tonight on the how many songs because we don't want to go over because 
how bad would we feel of a, a leftover show that doesn't even make the cut? Yeah, the song's just disintegrated from history at that point. Oh, so man. we would try to go light and it's done that. You know, we're just going to talk like we normally do and hopefully not uh, destroy the reputation of any songs. Yeah, we, we pump our songs so much and then they don't make it twice. And it's like, how good can they really be? Right. All right. So let's go into some. Uh, all right. Here we go. This is a. Uh, David Byrne would classify as a solo artist. Sunrise, I'm still dancing. Girlfriend, she's my champion. Swing low, pull me over.
Love it. I love how it fades out with some weird shit. <laughs> All right, that was Metallica with uh, a little twofer from their Garage Days re revisited. That was the first uh, material they released with Jason Newstead, actually, before and Justice for All after Cliff Burton passed. Um, and that was actually, uh, it, that takes not just part of our cover show, but also our little segue show, one song into another uh, Last Caress and Green Hell. Uh, Metallica covering the Misfits, uh, both of those songs, and uh, famously on a single track, I believe the last song on Garage Days. Nice. Garage Days. Re revisited. I remember buying Garage Days and uh, the Anthrax uh, I'm the Man EP 
Yes. In the same at the same time when I was like in high school. That's awesome. That must have been like what eighty seven, probably. He's like eighty seven or eighty eight. Yeah, eighty seven, eighty. Yeah, probably eighty eight. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So yeah, a little Metallica there. Um, before that, we had the Red Hot Chili Peppers with uh, Desecration Smile. Yes, and we talked about that song. We, we, I, we did a three hour Red Hot. We Chili did a Pepper. three hour Chili Peppers, and I yeah. don't even know if that was the only time we spoke of that. Maybe the only time we spoke of it on the air. But I know that we both have a fondness for this song. Yeah, and we and. We, you even three hours you have to cut a whole bunch of great songs with with red hot chili peppers if if you know them like we do and that was one uh, and stadium arcadium is i mean we could have just played the whole stadium arcadium right we <laughs> could have yeah uh and and then after we uh, i we were like why did we not play desecration smile right exactly it's just you know i just i i I put I put the album on random and I pulled yeah. the first four songs that came out and said it doesn't matter every song in this album is great I don't need to necessarily yeah. curate anything and then once we put it together I'm like oh man we should play Desecration Smile yeah and then I remember hearing Stadium Arcadium in the song that day and I'm like oh we got to play this this is such a great song right and I, I think that not a lot of people unless you're a huge Red Hot Chili Peppers fan and you have the album not a lot of people know a lot of songs on that album because they just it, like. When would you hear it? Right, they have like three or four singles that you would have heard. Yeah, um, but it's a it's a double album. Like, there's mm. a ton of songs on there, and not, not one of them is bad. Mm. And that that's the weird thing about radio now. Like, you used to hear good songs from all your favorite artists because you would listen to the radio and they would play good songs and play the singles. Now, the only way you can hear them is you need to know that you like the band, and then you need to stream the whole album. Right, and then, and then you, you save it. It's just different than how life used to work when they were when you would buy the album because that's the way that's how you had to do it, and you would listen to the whole album rather than just listening to the single they released. You know what I mean? Right, or whatever the streaming service you're listening to comes up if you right. have it on random. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll always be an album guy because I love, I love those deep cuts. You know? Yeah, agreed. And uh, speaking of that, we led this off with uh, UB Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the lead off single, not single, lead off track from uh, David Byrne. Uh, you know, this is our solo artist uh, show. We never got David Byrne in there. We obviously should should have. He's one of my favorite artists, uh, even his solo career. Um, he has a lot of great stuff. And uh, this song, UB Jesus, is, you know, a great funky tune. And, you know, he's just, he, he's all over the place with his um solo career and uh mm-hmm. this is a really a really good catchy one that uh we had here at yep. the studio so i'm like let's gonna play it yeah that's a that's a big that's a an apology song sorry yeah that's an apology song you. that we didn't play david byrne yeah. i mean we play him literally every show as our outro yeah uh, with this band talking yeah. heads but this is to the point of the show that we had that we left him off of it was specifically bands that had a person go solo mm-hmm. and david byrne clearly right. has had a fairly successful solo career yeah yeah so sorry so and desecration smiles a, a, a sorry song too and you can't I just, really apologize to chili peppers we did play you know, it was three hours three show hours. i mean yeah but yeah <laughs> i also want to apologize to my teacher mrs fahey um my sixth grade teacher because i lied and said that i passed in my Ben Johnson report paper and I didn't I and uh, I just wanted to apologize for that I've never hey it's uh, an apology show now's the, the time show. So, you know do you want to apologize for anything not right now okay 
I just want to check. Now let's listen to uh, some David Bowie. Oh, yeah.
something happened on the day he died. The spirit rose and meet us and stepped aside. Somebody else took his place and bravely cried. I'm a black star. An angel fall. How many people lie instead of talking tall? He trod the sacred ground. He cried loud into the crowd.
That's MGMT Electric Feel. Before that, we heard David Bowie Black Star. And I thought I was listening to Miles Davis Agarda for a little bit. <laughs> and there, 
Yeah, that uh, that song gets pretty far out there. Very far out there. Very experimental. Um, not uh, very unstructured. You know. Yeah, I mean, uh, I heard. Well, I saw a documentary about the making of David Bowie's final album, Black Star, which is that that's the title track from. Um, that that song actually started out as two separate songs, mm. and I don't know who had the idea, whether it's Bowie or a producer or whatever that would be. <laughs> to sort of combine those songs and then turn it into like a nine and a half minute opus. Like it, it goes back at the end to the way it was at the beginning with yeah. a wild, Weird. just all sorts of just, it goes out to the space basically in yeah. certain spots. Here's the, the producer probably like, all right, this first one, there's no chorus. There's no verses. I don't hear a bridge. It's just moving <laughs> along. Let's go to the second one. Ah, it's the same thing. Let's just fucking put them together. Let's and put them together. <laughs> just mash them together, and that's what they did. And, I, I mean, that's what a lot of Miles Davis stuff was, too. It's just like, it's not a song in the in the um, thought that what you normally think of a song. And, there, and there's even an algorithm that, you know, a lot of producers go for when they produce songs because it, it has more of a chance to hit, right? Verse, chorus, verse, blah, 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 right? This has nothing to do with any of that. It's just the journey. And I, I love songs like that. Tool does that a lot where they don't verse, chorus, verse. They just, they have a song, they have a, song, a part that they want and riffs in a feeling and it just makes its way along into different parts. Fish does it too. Yeah, exactly. And like they, they tie it together at different spots throughout mm-hmm. the song. Like yeah. if like a nine minute opus like that, yeah. you know, you're going to hit into different themes that you come back to throughout the song, mm-hmm. but you wander off into different things throughout. Yeah. And I mean, just what a statement, like that's not an artist resting on his laurels. That's an artist knowing this is my final statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was good. Yeah. So, and, and you know, as it was playing, you, know, you get a lot of time to think when it's nine and a half minutes long. And I'm like, this song falls into so many categories and this came up in my mind so many times, but it's like, we can't play it. It's too damn long. Mm. But this was a swan song. This was yep. from Bowie's final album. That's I think right. we actually played a different song we from did. this album. Yep. Um, this is one where there's another song with the same name, different song. Radiohead has a song called Black Star uh-huh. on the Benz. Yeah. Um, this was uh, our the best year in music. Um, I don't remember who was going to be here, but couldn't make it. Uh, Eddie Dyer. Eddie Dyer. 2016. He was going to pick 2016. I don't know his angle because he wasn't unable to make it, but I would wonder if when you said 2016, when you told me, I thought immediately of Blackstar. Ah, but I don't know you know, what he would be thinking for 2016 if this would be even thought of at all. Right. But yeah, from my, my opinion, that would qualify. I mean, this was a statement album. Yeah, absolutely. Um, genre jumping. I mean, there was clearly significant modal jazz yes. going on yep. there. Mm-hmm. Improv um, almost. Almost. And also we're talking like new, we have the new music, new yeah. rock stuff made in the 21st century. Yeah. This came out in 2016. Right. I mean, this was, you know, this is a pretty far out there stuff. Right. Yeah. That's good. That's a good one. So yeah, black star, no other night would we be able to play a 10 minute song and feel comfortable doing it. So yeah. I'm glad we did this. That's actually a good idea for a show. Let's let's play long songs. The long songs, the song that you want to play but you can't because it's too long. Yeah. Just do the night of that. Play like exactly. five songs. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There are five favorite long songs. 
All right, write it down. Nice. Um, and then after that, Open we followed up with uh, an appropriately funky and and you know ethereally out there song as well uh, called "The Electric Feel," which was off the debut of uh, a great little band named MGMT that came out in the 21st century, and uh, they had a couple hits off of it, and uh, this was one of them. And uh, it's a funky tune, nice feel. I thought it, it fit in really nicely, actually, after Black Star. Yeah, totally. You know? Yeah, that was very similar. I like that. So that that could have fit in for our debut show. Um, we didn't play it, but uh, there we go. We're making up for it in our uh, apologies and leftover show. Yeah, uh, I have another apology. I'm sorry to my wife because I'm making her not watch Yellowstone. Oh, Yellowstone and delay. She, she has to wait for me, so... But it's only like I think the second one starts uh, playing it twice tonight, once at eight and once at like ten twenty one or something like that. So I have to be home by ten twenty one, or I will get stabbed. We're not going to go that long. No, we're not. We're 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 going to end at nine oh four tonight if we talk no more.
chance to forget, but it can't, it
All right, those are our final two songs of the evening. That was One Way Out live with the Almond Brothers. Um, that was one we wanted to play. Uh, you know, in our drummer night is yep. you know bands that have two drummers. Yeah, and we you know narrowing it down to either playing a Grateful Dead or an Almond Brothers song, and this just seems like the right one. You know, there's that little break towards the end where both drummers are going wild a little bit, so that was fun. Play a little Almond Brothers One Way Out. And prior to that, we had a lone Pearl Jam. That was a non-album track. Yep. Um, recorded, obviously, during or near the 10 sessions. During the 10 sessions. Right. Obviously is right. Listen to it. Exactly. It sounds like 10. I mean, it sounds like it was recorded during Evenflow. You know? Right. Exactly. Awesome. So that's it. Those are apologies and uh, leftovers night. Yes, you enjoyed we it. Had, that was a fun time. We had time. no more leftovers. We didn't. We didn't leave out any leftovers. We left out no leftovers. Mm-hmm. I would have felt really bad if we did. Yeah, totally. And uh, we will not be live next week. I may not be alive <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> Going to a uh, a reunion, I guess, for with twenty two of my boys. Yep, gonna be down down be south. Yeah. Have fun. That should be fun. And then uh, back the next week, or Astro will not be with us, but I hope to have Keith from Linfield. That would be cool. Yes, I will be at a live concert event uh, mm-hmm. in this Boston. So uh, nice. I will be with you in spirit. And then the week after that, what's the deal? There was, was there something else going on after that, or is that? I don't think so. Okay, I think cool. I think we're on. All right, nice. <laughs> Um, yeah, let's try to do that guitar thing with uh, with Brindle's buddy. Yes, let's do that. We and have a couple of weeks. We'll reach out. We'll solidify mm-hmm. some plans, and we'll we'll get it going. If yeah. not, we have a couple of backup ideas. But yeah. uh, cool. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for joining Harmonic Headspace. We will see you in a couple of weeks.
Thank you. 